0: What is going on it's the 15th Men podcast with our first music edition the Tuesday music editions of the podcast today we're breaking down a band that I think goes under the radar a little too much a band that I think is underappreciated um it's vampire weekend it's kind of the the angsty band I feel like if I'm feeling angsty really yeah a lot of my angst I'd say I listen to Vampire Week when I'm angsty, when I'm I'm ready to go. My go
1: to angst is my chemical romance.
0: Don't tell people that. I feel like a lot of people of our age would agree with me. I don't touch my chemical romance. I don't even think of my chemical romance. You're missing out. <laughs> no ew. Man, I'm gonna have to disagree with that one.
1: (laughs) I mean, that's the only place where I dabble in that genre of like emo punk or whatever, just you know, like eyeliner and hot topic stuff. But they're pretty good.
0: See, to me, Vampire Weekend's music kind of is, um, this is why I, when I'm feeling angsty, I listen to them. I think their sound overall is like happy, 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 but their lyrics are kind of sad. Yeah. So I think it's kind of very, um, identifiable in your early 20s. Um, yeah, so that's some really deep analysis. We'll talk about their relatableness. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll just get right off the bat with um their first couple songs that came out. And that was Man's, Man Man's Third Roof and the very very underappreciated Ladies of Cambridge. Those two came out um as singles or what what music stuff kind of confuses me sometimes. <laughs> like but they came out together in like like a uh, a sing-
1: like a single, because you know, it used to be a single record, right? Yeah, like the it, one side yeah. and then the B side yeah, on so the Ma- single.
0: Mansard Roof is a single, and Ladies of Cambridge would have been the B side. Yeah. And this was their first release. What year was that? 2007. All right, So the
1: first studio album, their self titled debut, Vampire Weekend, was 2008. So that makes
0: sense. And Mansard Roof made it on, but uh, Ladies of Cambridge did not. Interesting enough, because I love that song. Well, it's a B-side, you know? Yeah, I'm a big B-side guy. So I always wanted to open a bar and call it B-sides. You can only play B-sides. I've heard opening a bar is a great business. Yeah, yeah I heard it just really <laughs> it's just really easy. It just makes money for you. Tons of income yeah. immediately. Yeah, it's just it's easy. You're not there a lot, I heard. I heard it's where you just like hands off. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like
1: classic nine to five. Close yeah. on the weekends. You've you, know?
0: you really let your money work for you with a bar <laughs> is what I've heard. But yeah, so "Ladies of Cambridge," which is just, just a fun song. It's it's, I, it's a song I discovered late from them. Um, it's 2007. I would have been 11, I think. Yeah, yeah. so I, I wasn't, I wasn't listening to Vampire. You Re- weren't in college. Yeah, so yeah, exactly.
1: I was. In no college. one outside of college probably knew about Vampire Weekend until like 2009.
0: Yeah, they are a college band. That is true. Uh, but yeah, "Ladies of Cambridge" I probably discovered a year ago, and I I really enjoyed that song mansard roof i'm okay with mansard roof i
1: wrote this down when i was going back and listening to it it feels like uh ezra kenning was just sitting in like an architecture 101 class yeah and just started hearing all these terms he's like that's a cool term i'm gonna challenge myself to put it in a song and then that's what he did
0: you know i have to think about that i was uh sean and i saw the black keys on a sunday night and i'm very i'm lyrics first in music like music sound second when with what i care about I just think about like man what how, what goes through your head you ever just sit down and listen to a Bruce Springsteen song like like a deep one to be like how how did you do that yeah. how but yeah I I like the idea of just like I'm going to write make this a song so then after that they come out with of course Vampire Weekend I feel like their favorite thing to do is just like say their name <laughs> do you know the origins of their name I don't I do not either Good podcast. Figure it out. I was gonna look it up, but
1: I kind of like the mystery of it because it's just so random. Like, what is what is a vampire weekend?
0: I have origins of vampires.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, while you look that up, I'm gonna talk a little bit about the first yes.
0: album. Kick that off. Uh,
1: the first, the way I just summed it up in three words, it just was oh,
0: it was really simple. Nothing cool. Just the title of a short pr- film project he made in college.
1: Classic. So if you had to sum up this album in three words, I think it's um, so Ivy League. Mm -hmm. This album just feels like Mm -hmm. Ivy League. And I can't tell if I was at, say you're at a college party, right? You go and you can tell it's a little bit different crowd. You know, not, they're not playing the top 40 hits and they start bumping this album. I can't tell if in that moment of 2008, if I would immediately hate everybody at that party or if I'd immediately become friends with them. Because obviously I love this album, but it, I wouldn't I don't know if I would have loved the album at that time. Like yeah. I'm at a college party, all these people are just playing this like A Punk. A punk, yeah. yeah, definitely. But I'm like, this kind of goes, but also like what like why at a college party? Like this is what the kids are like these guys are listening to? I really can't tell if I would hate everybody there or if they immediately become my best friends. I was like, This is what college is all about and just like ride off into the sunset of a college movie.
0: Yeah, now you're never going to hear it by a weekend at a college party. But in 2008, music was different, I feel like. I feel like we weren't – I feel like because of of the lack of SoundCloud in 2008, quality music was getting played everywhere. Yeah. You go to college parties now, it's literally SoundCloud playlists of shit, of piles of shit, of just absolute shit. Really funny aside, I was at IU at a fraternity, and they handed me the ox at a party. And I was just like, oh, what? <laughs> and I was like, okay, I'll play Kendrick Lamar. Like, yeah, I don't know. Sorry. Um, that's interesting to think about that. Had it came out at the time, what you thought of? See, in, in in high school, I I was pretty just indifferent to Vampire Weekend. I knew of them. There were my school had a pretty infamous hipster group. Yeah, who, who I was not a fan of. They <laughs> weren't a fan of me. I was often going after the hipster girls, but the, <laughs> but the hipster guys did not like me for that. I kind of walked this thin line of hipster but not hipster. And Vampire Weekend didn't I didn't really get it yet. And then probably junior year of college I really started to get it. And then, and in then senior year my first the first semester of my senior year, all I did for like 3 months was put headphones this this just makes me sound just just so pretentious. I would put headphones in and I would just go take pictures in downtown Indy and listen to Vampire Weekend like while I did it. <laughs> I I did I had a big photography phase my senior year, where I would go do a lot of photography in indie, and I would go do, do photography for different bands. But I just remember walking around Vampire Weekend with like my bag across my, my photography shit, and yeah, I was trying to mack on this photography girl. Worked out in the end. It was a long <laughs> burn, though, um, but no, we, we, we got that one squared away. <laughs> but yeah, I just like when I when I hear this album particularly, it, it takes me back to then and that was also when I was doing stand up and I used to have to walk between stand up sets and I would listen to this album a lot. Um yeah, let's just You wanna go down the line on the album? Just songs we like and yeah.
1: yeah. We're briefly as a kind of hole on the album. They called it Upper West Side Soweto. Mm-hmm. And it kinda just reminded me like you hear a lot of global sounds. It makes me feel like and it's kind of the uh Get into it more with, like, Cape Cod, Quasa Quasa. It's kind of like these college kids who are obviously higher educated. They went, they all went to Columbia. Definitely getting, you know, exposed to a lot more higher intellectual things than most bands coming up. Because, you know, most bands usually start around, like, a guy's 21 or the like high school dropout. Not high school dropouts, yeah. but, like, graduated high school, didn't go to college. Like, they're just grinding until they make it. Vampire Regan is more of, like, we have our backup plans if we want it, but you know what? I don't really want to go into finance like all my friends are doing walking working on wall street like i'm gonna try this out and they use this kind of higher intellectual things but somehow still make it catchy and then i also feel like it's kind of like they had a music education class where for a week they talked about how graceland is full of cultural appropriation and they understand they're like hey maybe there's a little bit of tinges of racism in there but you know what the music's still cool and you can do this in a cool way and they understand the background of it and that there is some cultural appropriation, but they're like, you know, the music's still cool. Like, let's bring in some of the worldly influences, even though we're, you know, classic white, privileged, higher education population. You can still do it in a cool way. Mm-hmm.
0: No, yeah, it they, they have a sound that's, it's different than the time. Think about 2008. Like, what, what's coming out then? You know, it, that's the big hipster push. Really, is the, the indie push? is 2008, and they're on that wave. But definitely, what you're saying about like how they incorporate—I like that term, "global sound." It's a good term by you. Term of the week for the podcast. Very accurate. Yeah, it, don't
1: call it world music. Ter-
0: global sound. Love that. But no, it it's spot on. Uh, all right, let, let's just go song by song here. So, I'm going Spotify rotation order. <laughs> 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 That's
1: such like an inside joke
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's a good bit Okay, start with Mansard Roof I'm indifferent to that song um, n- Not my favorite on the album but
1: Cool intro though
0: Cool intro Oxford Comma is the song that I listened to That I was like this, okay I knew of them But Oxford Comma was the one I was like Okay, I get this That was the one that gripped me in
1: Yeah, I really like how Again, another time where as i say you just heard this term in a college class and was like why does why do people care about yeah. this and it was cool how he's able to turn a song around it and the, my best part about or my favorite part of this song is the multiple references to lil john in it how he goes where, there's one line it's why would you lie about anything at all first to the window then it's to the wall lil john he always tells the truth and i actually read up on it that lil john sent them a box of crunk juice <laughs> for all the name checks and they developed a friendship to the point where lil john made an appearance in one of their uh music videos okay later. so i thought that was pretty cool how a song about high grammar and like mm-hmm. people who only study english like literature and english syntax mixes in <laughs> the king of crunk lil john it was just kind of a cool like i don't know this song had a lot more
0: meaning to me when i started to work for pr when i did my pr stint at the zoo i was like okay now i get it now i'm connecting to this song because we wrote uh ap and i was like this is just these rules are a little silly (laughs) a punk actually was my moving song into college my roommate was playing a punk for like three weeks remember
1: a punk on guitar hero
0: um what guitar hero was it i didn't play after three
1: Okay, it might have been three.
0: Okay, then I don't remember my mom used to play a lot of guitar hero. <laughs> um my mom beat guitar hero by herself. I was like, Hey mom, you wanna want play guitar hero with me? Then like I I went. <laughs> she, he laughed and she <laughs> said, Yeah, there. and then she's like, Hey, I'm done. <laughs> Four hours I, later. I played it, it's done. <laughs> it's like
1: mom, okay, I'm gonna go play football with my friends. I'll be back for dinner. Okay, you come back. Mom, what's for dinner? I don't know. I'm on the last level. Shut up, Jacob.
0: My dad literally did that to me with narcos. I was like, Hey, you wanna watch Narcos? It just came out. Went to a friend's house, came back the next day. Hey, you ready for episode two? Ah, dude, I finished it. <laughs> you fucking kidding me? I left. I left at ten p.m. Yeah, I just like up all night. Finished it this morning.
1: Um, um, a Punk's my favorite song in this album, though.
0: Oh, is it okay? A Punk's a little. I mean, it's the most popular one. I feel like so. It's kind of like am just
1: I always puts me in a good mood. And even though no one knows what the song is about, and there's multiple references to like cancer. So I, it's kind of another one of those where it sounds super happy, but never trust a happy song. I yeah. think that's a Cage the Elephant album, but. Yeah, you can never trust a happy song that it sounds great, but then you really dive into the lyrics and I really dove into the lyrics and no one knows what the song is about.
0: This song's kind of <laughs> gibberish. It's another one where he's
1: just throwing out words and you know all the words and you can sing along, but you still have no idea what's happening. Yeah,
0: it's ridiculous. It's I love it. <laughs> I used to thought, I thought it was when I first used I thought it was red coats. I thought it was just in a red coats were coming at first, but it's raincoats.
1: Yeah, I've, I've heard both. But I thought it was Red
0: Coast because I thought it was like a. I, I thought it was Super like a. War, like yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, then we get the Cape Cod, Kawasa, Kawasa. Uh,
1: I think it's Kawasa.
0: Kawasa. I always say Kawasa, Kawasa. <laughs> it's a little fun. That's uh, my favorite song, though. I love this song. It's, to me, this song is all about. This song, I like the sexualness of this song. I was going to
1: say, does my f- main question about the song is does Ezra cuss? Yeah. Because if you read the lyrics. They don't. Say I think
0: it. he. I think he says, "Do you want to fuck?"
1: I think so too. Yeah, and but, that's what
0: I like about that. I like that term. But
1: there's no like explicit label on Spotify. Uh, it's explicit. Really? Yeah. On Apple, it's not. Really. And on Google, the lyrics are, "Do you want to fly?"
0: No way. He. He's no. He. In my. This is. This is when I set the scene of this song, which I do with like a lot of songs, where like you set the scene in your head. This is Uptown Girl. This is a kind of beat up dude not not a prep like kind of an outsider in this world about to have sexual relations with a very wealthy like upper upper east side girl like that's what this song is about to me and it's just like do you want to fuck love this song this is my favorite vampire weekend song I, i i love the peter gabriel mentions i love the um what i like about it is there's a peter gabriel song i think it's called biko it's about an African um, that he, like, met, like an African, uh, not a soldier, uh, but, like, some some guy he met in Africa. And, like, it has, like, the same sound. Like, it's very relatable to, like, Biko and, like, this, like, whole Phil Collins phase. Yeah. Um, gosh, I hope that song's called Biko. It might, it might not be, but the song's cool. But then he mentions Phil Collins in it. Um, yeah, it's Biko. B-I-K-O. Uh, but that's what I like about this song is that noise and that sound that they have in it. And then the lyrics are just just great. The lyrics are they are smart.
1: Well, you're right on because according to I don't know where this is according to, but you know where it's probably Wikipedia's source somewhere. Anyways, Ezra Canning said that a lot of this song came from when he was traveling from London and route to India and said the trip got him thinking a lot about colonialism and quote, the aesthetic connections between preppy culture and the native cultures of places like Africa and India, which inspired to write him a short story explain, exploring those connections, which he called Cape Cod Kwassa Kwassa.
0: That makes sense. Because isn't Kwasa-Kwasa a, is a like, dance yeah, rhythm from okay. the Congo? I thought it was a music. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, kind of. I mean, the, the, it's, is your bed made? Is your sword on? Do you want to fuck? Like, you know, I do. He's definitely saying fuck.
1: I like how he's sly, where you don't know, where he's like getting by, like, yeah. we don't he's know if like, do you want to fuck him to that. <laughs>
0: When when I heard this one, I was like, I that I was like, this is I this was one of my top songs of like last year. I listened to this song so much. I love this song. This song's great. It just got that message. I I love songs. Peter Gabriel
1: also likes this song.
0: Does Peter? Okay, good. I love Peter Gabriel. Underrated. Um, you know, kids are aging to dive more into Peter Gabriel. Don't stop it in the air. Go deeper. <laughs> Go deeper on Pete. Uh, but that's my favorite song on the album and of all of their songs. Uh. M seventy nine, indifferent too.
1: Maybe best intro, but okay. th- but there's a lot of really good intro. All these songs on this
0: first album have like <laughs> really, really good. Really intros. As it. I was going, yeah. to,
1: I was like best intro. I was like yeah. no wait, maybe best intro. Wait, maybe best intro. Jk, best intro. Uh, so I take it back. Actually, my ne- my nomination for best <laughs> intros later in the album. G,
0: are you serious? Yes. Uh, Campus is a great college song
1: It's the one song Where you can hear the lyrics And like Oh this is exactly relatable I can put myself there I know
0: exactly What he's talking about
1: It's the one song On first listen You're like Okay I know what's happening
0: uh, Love that song Um, A lot of these songs I can almost Like Campus I remember like listening. Maybe
1: it's because Apparently it was written By Rostam And not Ezra (laughs)
0: Okay Oh yeah maybe Maybe there's a big difference there Um, Let's see What else Um, Is it Brian or Bryn Bryn Is I didn't know if they were trying to slyly say Brian there. Brian, I I'm good. Like no no, yeah, no, that's no all right. thoughts. It's Another like, good intro. I'm not gonna skip it, but like there's not a song I skip. I, sometimes I skip a punk if i listen to the album. Uh, Blake's got a new face is my second favorite song. I just really like that song. I
1: like the falsetto. It yeah. just really goes for it. I wish I could do that.
0: I stand corrected. It's really really nice lyrically. R- some real nice lyrics in I stand corrected. Um, is Oh, Kids Don't Stand a Chance is your favorite intro. No, no, it's Walcott. It, it's Walcott? Yeah. Okay. I like Walcott. Weird song. Weird song. I like it. It's uh,
1: pretty cool. I think I like it more because I saw them live. I've seen them live once. And I think this is what they Sean ended with. Sean has seen with. every band line. I ever
0: bring up a band, Sean goes, yeah, I've seen them seven times <laughs> at Bonnaroo, Palooza Out- City Outsiders <laughs> Electric Concert. <laughs> that's what that's what talking to music. about Sean is.
1: Basically. Um... Very blessed. #hashtag blessed to live this life.
0: Sean just sent me the emoji hands.
1: <laughs> uh, Walcott's my favorite intro because it's just kind of like chaos out of nowhere. Especially after "I Stand Corrected," where it's co- solely mellow. Also, underrated thing about Vampire Weekend because I know a lot of people our age don't do this anymore of listening an album in order. Yes, some of their transitions are great, especially on this album where like "I Stand Corrected" mellows out, then all of a sudden it's just the bang hits you with Walcott of just kind of chaos Mm -hmm. but it's like a harmonious chaos and this is also my nomination for an album full of really preppy new england northeastern references i should say more northeastern than new england because they're from new york but preppiest i think this is the preppiest one and the most northeastern one i think it has the most references to places in the northeast and it just feels the preppier the preppiest
0: yes agreed They kind of get away from that slowly
1: even though there's another song called cape quad cape cod this is the one that's about Cape Cod.
0: Yeah. Um. Yeah. That. That's. That's. I mean. That's Vampire Week in the album. That's. Wait. Last one. Yeah, Kids ahead. don't stand a chance. Oh, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Is about. Um. And he said this before that it's about kind of how he was struggling towards graduation of whether he really wanted to stay in the music thing while all of his friends, you know, going into finance mm-hmm. and stuff, and he wanted to judge them and be like, "Oh, you guys are just working for the man." You know, I'm this musician over here. But he had to come to some realization of this isn't super fair because. Also, I'm a little jealous that, you know, immediately they're going to start making money. Like, I don't have a chance doing what I actually want to do in life. And I think it's really fascinating. that You remember B.O.B.? Shout out Bobby Ray. Yeah. B.O.B. did a uh, kind of a reworking of this song.
0: Airplanes in the night shooting. (laughs) Same
1: album. It was like The Adventures of Bobby Ray. He called it Kids. I think he, I don't know who was featured on it. But it was all about, I like how, so this song is all about, you know, a kid in a privileged situation and the struggles they face. And BOV took the same song and made it all about kids like struggling in like the inner cities and stuff. And it had the same beat and everything. And just kind of like how it was kind of a cool, like of there's just the same story of a kid struggling with a choice in life, especially around this age, but just how different it is where not to, like, shit on Ezra's struggle. Like, obviously, that's still a hard decision, but like, to be at that point yeah. of that choice of you seeing all your friends and you're making this hard choice and your life's a little bit harder than what you see around you, and then there's also another world that exists, even just probably down the street from where he was at Columbia in the Upper West Side. You know, you should go over to like Harlem or some other rougher parts of New York where mm-hmm. kids are struggling with the same time decision, Las but Palmas. just like in a way harder, different and world.
0: Just take a walk down Paradise Road
1: it's kind of cool
0: no that is really cool i'll have to listen to that i'm, I'm not a big oh
1: janelle fan. Monet does the hook that's i don't i
0: don't listen to a lot of bob um sorry
1: <laughs> uh i don't know why i loved that album the adventures <laughs> of bobby ray <laughs> 2010 <laughs> i think it's the album with airplanes rivers cuomo does a song on it that's like it's like super cheesy rap the whole thing but that's kind of where i started and stopped with bob <laughs> i
0: think that's uh Okay, I don't think you need to pick it up next week, Bob. B.? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so then we move to Contra. Darker sound on this one.
1: So if, if you think of they called their first album like Upper West Side Soweto, I feel like this is Upper West Side ska or <laughs> reggae, which yeah. they admitted to. Like they said they listened to a lot. Like he yeah, said, you're right. Ezra Canning said that his pitch to the band was, this is going to be our SoCal album. I want somebody who likes Sublime to like us. Because he was tired of being pinned into the, they are the most, they are the indiest indie band with that first album because it was so college radio. It was so indie. He didn't want to be pinned to that where they, it was like, you know, we're stuck in this little New York bubble. We want to expand more of the West Coast. And he admitted to saying, you know, we wanted to work in a little bit that of all people, they wanted to bring in Sublime fans.
0: I love Sublime. I I listened to, <laughs> in middle school, I was terrified of weed, but I used to listen to, like, hours of Sublime, like, like wait, like, like, like deep, deep dive, deep, <laughs> one of the bands I know the most. Really? Yeah. I, I, out of all the bands I know, like, I I know most of, Sublime, like, I can do, like, almost every Sublime song. Wow. Like, yeah, I haven't listened since middle school. My dad can you explain
1: there, to me so. Sublime with Rome? What, what happened there? What is the with Rome?
0: It's the new lead singer. It's ah. Right? Yeah. Uh, I don't listen to any of that. I'm, I'm a Bradley Knoll <laughs> guy till I die. This song opens with my favorite song of the album. I just love this song. Just,
1: I had no idea what horchata was.
0: It's the, uh, it's a Mexican beverage, correct? Yeah. Hispanic beverage. I know that because of El Amigo and Valparaiso. He used to always go and get horchatas. And they, we used to hype them up, but it kind of sucks. Yeah. It was a piece of shit run down Mexican restaurant. It was the only place in Valparaiso open past midnight, um, it was where we'd go where you were high uh, <laughs> or drunk at high school. That's where we'd go. And it was cool. And yeah, you get horchadas. And it was kind of a place that never had they never had prices on anything. And everything was you always like, Oh, I had two Cheesecake Studios. Oh, $27. Okay. <laughs> okay, yeah, makes sense. The queso was fifteen dollars. Queso dip. Like it changed. It was the kind of restaurant the prices changed every time you ordered. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so Horchata is my favorite song in the album. Um, love this song just i am probably a top five for me for all their music uh what what do you got in this album that you really like
1: i think my if i have to go favorite song peak of the album. i'd probably go with cousins okay just kind of how it i don't know it's just like a joyful like whirlwind of two minutes and twenty five seconds of just straight all the way through where you're bobbing your head the whole time mm-hmm. this um, album i like but definitely not as much as some of the other ones i think this is this not my, my yeah. least favorite. I don't want to say it that way because I like all of them. Oh, I'll say but it But like definitely, that. it's like, my least favorite. It's my fourth of yeah. the four.
0: It, it's, it's, it's the album I listen to the least. Uh, obviously, yeah. I think you're a contra. That song's great. That song is popular. I think that song is sneaky popular. I think people kind of know that song. But if you're not a Vampire Weekend fan, you don't realize it's Vampire Weekend. This album I listened to, a lot of time with albums, I get very fixated on that album. I hung a lot of Christmas lights at the zoo to this album.
1: Really? Yes. Maybe. Like Holiday?
0: <laughs> yeah I was in the holiday and repeat Uh, I think this is also
1: kind of where they dabble in a little bit of they're still which is amazing that they can headline some music festivals but they're still not as big to like headline Coachella <laughs> yeah and they still have this indie cred but they're still big and like everybody knows them but doesn't know like all their songs mm-hmm. and they have like these deep cuts like this album no one like who really likes music not a lot of people could probably name a lot of songs off of it mm-hmm. they just kind of remember oh yeah the one with the girl's face on the cover yeah. of that one or like, maybe this is where they started because they were bigger at the second album. But it's amazing how they do all that. They still have that indie cred, but they still have songs like Holiday and stuff that you feel like are on Christmas commercials every year. You know? Yeah. Like, they're not afraid to shell out their music, which I'm not saying is a bad thing. I'm not saying, like, oh, the classical, oh, they're sellouts.
0: Selling out's never a bad thing. Yeah. Like, That's if bullshit. you
1: made your music for people to listen to it, if people are going to listen to it on a commercial, like, go ahead. Get that uh, money, get that bag.
0: Got to secure the bag. I I'll sell out tomorrow if they said, "Hey Jacob, uh, start doing podcasts on Star Trek." I hate Star Trek. So, <laughs> oh yeah, totally. You're gonna how pay, much you gonna pay me? Love it. What else? What's something I really hate? Um, bowling. If they're like, Jacob, we need to be a bowling <laughs> podcaster. Like, okay, cool. <laughs> no problem. Hole in one. Is that right? <laughs> uh, and
1: Also, not to get like all classic music guy, but I like how the song's called contra which is kind of like you know contradiction is where the word comes from basically it's just kind of like the differences
0: oh i thought it was the 80s arcade game it is
1: that's where they got the name okay yeah no
0: i was actually fucking around like that's obviously not what that's about
1: but no that's where they got the name from. but it's not what it's about yeah but it's like intended as a thematic you know yeah as an allegory or whatever Did you ever play contra i did not i used to i was not alive in 1987
0: well they uh (laughs) i had it i had like the um Sega Genesis like replay uh, yeah. thing on my Xbox, and then my dad and I used to fuck up a Little Contra. He beat Contra at an arcade once. It's like a big deal for how him. long did that take? I don't know. He beat it at a, not an arcade, a Mister Heroes in Jefferson, Ohio. He beat he beat like all of Contra. He knew the codes and stuff. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So. I just like the kind of contradiction
1: of some of the uh, the sounds that they bring in, kind of like Hellas. We were talking about earlier the Southern California sounds into their New York vibes and <laughs> trying not to be as indie rock as they were before. They kind of move the themes of it. They
0: move farther west every album. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> They're moving closer and closer to California. Um, next is Modern Vampires at the City. Great, great album name. Just yeah. a perplexing album name. It's just a fun... It's like, what? What's that exactly?
1: Um. My favorite, by far. Your favorite album? Yeah. Okay. okay.
0: My favorite album is... Is there a new album? I like. I, I was so hesitant on it. When it I was like, ah, I don't know if I'm ready for new, and I was like, whoa, and I found myself listening to that album way more. We'll talk about that later. Um, this has got some bangers on it. This has got some heat. There's some heat on this one, Sean. Yes, there are. There is. Go, you can open up. It's your favorite album.
1: I think so. The first one starts a little bit slower with obvious bicycle, and then the th- the four in a row of just mm-hmm. unbeliever, step, dying young, don't lie, or some maybe my some of my favorite just. Back to back, you know, like little, I guess, like a quatrain of an album. Just that section of just nonstop. Again, their transitions right in like Unbelievers, the ends on such a high note, then right into the step of like, it almost sounds like the same song where if they could play it live, you would think if you had no idea, you would think it's kind of Mm -hmm. like, you know, the same song, just different phrases of it. And Diane Young is my favorite Vampire Weekend song. It's just so much fun all the time. Another song where the lyrics are a little bit on first listen, you're like, what the hell is he talking yeah. about? And then you dive into it and you're like, okay, now I understand it's, and it's also, I just love like the clever wordplay of even Diane though it's Young. It's so yeah. simple of Diane Young with Diane Young. Mm-hmm. It's like, you would think, oh, that's cheesy, but it just works so well. I like the pun.
0: So you're, you're more attractive to Diane Young than you are to Hannah Hunt. No, I was just <laughs> about to say that
1: this too. When I was li- listening back to it, I was like, I really want to meet a Hannah Hunt. And then I was like, you know what? I don't think I'd ever want to meet a Hannah Hunt. No. I constantly think about that song, and even if she was terrible, I feel like I would just have this attraction that I couldn't let go. Yeah, that, I'd just be like so in just because of this song, and it'd be probably really bad. Then I started thinking like this sounds like a movie, you know, like where some guy's just yeah. with the wrong girl, but he just can't let go because of this one song's just constantly
0: playing in his head. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 literally about like just like he's just giving it all up for this girl, like yeah. I mean, in, in in its verse three, it's in Santa Barbara. Hannah cried, "I miss those freezing beaches." And I walked into town to buy some kindling for the fire. Hannah tore the New York Times up into pieces. Like that line right there is really good, You're right? It's just
1: like kind of this girl is a mess, but I can't let yeah, go. Like, I'm gonna do
0: anything for this girl, like <laughs> she's just gonna shit on me, yep. and I'm gonna love it. I'm gonna keep coming back. Yeah. So I hope
1: I never meet a Hannah Hunt.
0: Yeah. I think everyone kind of meets but you probably meet a Hannah Hunt and it's it's like a, a two path divide diversion. It's like which one do you take? <laughs> <laughs> um my favorite track, I, I like Worship You a lot. Really like Worship You. Yeah. An Obvious Bicycle. Um Unbelievers was another moving song for college. We had like this moving soundtrack and this moving mix and it was a lot of vampire weekend arcade fire on it. Um
1: Unbelievers has I feel like the uh what do they call it? Oh, Age the Best. This is the phrase. I feel like "unbelievers" is age of the best. You hear it kind of randomly sometimes here or there, and it's always like, it's, "Yeah, I love this." Song.
0: It's not like A Punk to me. A Punk's a little buggy. Yeah, At yeah. Times "unbelievers" isn't. I agree. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, this is just it's it's just They're when when we used to do this, and I recommend we'd often talk about um, a band's ability to start and end somewhere is the most impressive thing on a, of a band. Mm-hmm. And I think they're on a very good. How many th- how many albums do you think they have left? Three.
1: I don't know. They took a while to get to the fourth one. That's true. But and Rostam left the band.
0: So. Nah, so maybe two. Maybe we'll say one to two. Well, what do you say the over-under Vampire Weekend albums left? Two. Two?
1: I take the push. <laughs>
0: <laughs> It'd be really interesting to see uh, what those next two albums sound like. Because as we transition into Father of the Bride... But
1: quickly back to ahead. this one. I like two things. First of all, just kind of the cover of the black and white after... Mm-hmm their two previous album covers and just their albums in general are so full of color. Yeah. Just like the musical sounds and the, I don't want to throw out all these stupid music terms that I just picked up once kind of like Ezra Canning did when he was in class, just picking up terms and throwing them into his songs. I don't want to just pick up all these random terms I remember from music 141 or whatever. But just kind of like the color of so bright and this one has the black and white album Mm -hmm. and it really translates to the songs too. There's a little bit of a darker tone. definitely more somber. To them. But also my favorite part of this whole thing, and it kind of goes back to relation of the black and white, is just the uh, the piano riffs. that just appear yeah. like throughout the songs are so good. I love. I always love a good piano riff, and there's so many that I imagine Rossum came up with here.
0: Well, when, when you think also,
1: of- I'm not on a first name basis with him. His last name's
0: just too hard to pronounce. <laughs> Respect. Thanks for clearing that up. I think I think a lot of listeners were like, "Oh wow, what does Sean do?" When you like like let's look at their four albums and think of the tones. I mean, Vampire Weekend is the college album. It's it's the it's music, music, confusing, confusing, loud noises, loud noises. Like that—that yeah. that is your your twenties. Um, contra is kind of like you. You're kind of like in a, you're in an okay spot in contra. And then I feel like for contra is your post college, a little bit of that post college excitement, like the, the world is yours. And in Modern Vampires of the City, is more of like this is life, man. Kind of a bummer. Yeah, like th- that's like twenty five to 35. Starting to live. And then you get the Father of the Bride, which is kind of. I feel like at this album, they're like. This is who we are We're gonna do Whatever the fuck we want here Yeah And like, that's kind of how Life's you, not that bad anymore you And know? we don't care What people think This is what we're gonna do And I feel exactly. like that for You gotta kind of get to that level At 35 Is what, what I kind of Feel like people tell you Yeah um, Fucking love this album Favorite album of the last year Easily in, in, in a year of a lot of albums Favorite album um, I remember when Harmony Hall Cause they released Harmony Hall And um, 2021 Yeah I listened to Harmony Hall so many times when it came out. Yeah, so did I. I had it I, I love that song. The way that song is just constructed. Love that song. Bambina sounds like it should be on the first album. Yes,
1: I thought the same thing.
0: That's why I love where Black Keys kind of would do that a couple times. Like you'd be like, Oh, that song could be on like interchangeable mm-hmm. songs between could be on different albums. Bambina is one of those songs. I like when a band can do that. Um But hold, hold you now. Is my favorite song. It's probably a second favorite Vampire Weekend song. Um, I love that song. That song's something else. The the dips in that song, like it really dips hard and goes quiet and comes back up. Like, I love that song. Mm-hmm. Uh, Unbearably White's another one that doesn't quite sound like Vampire Weekend.
1: No, it doesn't. It's,
0: it's, it's a very different sound. It's more mellow. Mm-hmm. Married in Gold Rush, really fun. A lot of symbolism there.
1: Yeah, I love the appearances that... Uh it's Danielle Heim, right? Yes. Makes on this album. Yeah. Their voices go great together. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the reasons that you might like this album so much more is kind of it's more direct, like the lyrics, like the sounds go all over the place. Again, they bring in a little bit more of like the worldly influences, but the lyrics are more direct. Like he's not throwing out all these random college terms. You kind of know what some of the songs are yeah. about, and he even admitted to that, saying, um, "Quote the genres." And by he, I mean Ezra Koenig. Quote: The genres maybe be and the references go all over the place, but I actually think lyrically it's one of the most unified Vampire Weekend albums. And I, there's even relations that he credits, kind of like Casey Musgraves, and some mm-hmm. people of just writing more of. Here's my theme. Here's my message that I want to deliver. I'm gonna make sure you get the message.
0: Well, I feel like you get to the point where, like, album one, he's like, "Hey, like, I gotta be weird. I gotta be different. Yeah, yeah. Like, I gotta make. I, I gotta. I gotta go. I gotta go really far this way." and now it's like okay now i can actually do whatever i want and people are going to respect it i don't have to try so hard to differentiate myself in kind of a um smoke and mirrors act in a way yeah. he's like i i can write uh i can write my lyrics into a clear-cut story because i have the respect of the critics and audience did you listen to him on you talking rem to me with adam scott and uh scott ackerman
1: no i haven't heard of that bias
0: really good well it's it's a it's a music podcast. They used to break down every U two album, and then they broke down every R.E.M. album. It's I'm not a fan of either of the bands. So I don't listen to a lot, but I listen to him on it. He was very good. People don't talk about the fact that he is uh, with uh, Rashida Jones. Rashida Jones, who's like just just beautiful, just just it's
1: also you would think super indie. Again, how does he manage to stay with this indie vibe when he's married to a I'd say an A list actress?
0: Well, and then her father's Quincy Jones. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, it's crazy. Um, how has
1: he not become the The fact that they've managed to keep their indie label through all these years is yeah very impressive.
0: No, I, I, she's people don't talk about Rashida Jones enough. That's
1: she's funny. She can play serious roles yeah, too. Yeah, I know. She's just I she, can't think of a bad thing she's, she's been in. She's
0: beautiful. <laughs> the Office. Michael goes. Is, was your was your father in the service? Cause you're, you're very uh, exotic. <laughs> <laughs> He's just something along those lines. <laughs> uh, what 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 do some of the hits on this album for you? Um this
1: one's tougher cuz some of them kind of they're like so different. I mm-hmm. really like sunflower. Sunflower again great. another great intro from Vampire Weekend. Yeah.
0: Sunflowers really good. Um I like Flower Moon too. Like the, the those two songs are uh, very kind of psychedelic. Yeah. In their sound.
1: I like uh the last one the closer to Jerusalem New York Berlin. Mm-hmm. Again,
0: he's loves to reference
1: just geographical locations and throw in city names and stuff which for some reason I always find fascinating. I don't know if it's because I like geography or I just like exploring new places, but like even like a radio show or a talk show where they talk about, like where they're making jokes about where they're from or they just throw out a reference. And when you get that reference of that town or that culture and you can laugh at that joke, for some reason that's always like extra funny to me mm-hmm. or extra cool, like when a place or something is set in a certain place and you can identify with that place even if you've never been there or even if you've just been there once. So I kind of like how he mixes in all of the uh, just random city references and of course that one is just a good song too.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh 2021, solid. Spring snow solid. We belong together. It's ki- kind of like the cheesiest song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um but not but not bad by any means. Um No, it, it's th- they are able to really set mood with their music. Is yeah. Definitely. Like when I listen to the Black Keys I want to say the Black Keys can set moods. It's, it, it, there's, there's like maybe one mood in the Black Keys. Usually it's like denim. <laughs> if I had to, but like, it's just, it, it, it's, 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 turn it up. Yeah, it's turn it up. It, it's, it's garage rock. It's that sound I really like. But there's not, there's a couple bands that are really good at setting moods. Uh, yeah. Like Wilco's a band that really sets mood with their music. Well, you listen
1: to it, and like, I hate to sound like every other
0: stereotypical millennial, but it, it's, it sets a vibe. Yeah, it does. It does. And Vampire Weekend album by album. So but besides Father Bride is like it was like three different vibes and moods in this album itself. The yeah. other the other three are very defined on what they are. I think that's something about this band that makes it really stand out. Uh, yeah. Just you know, it's it's music I find this a lot. I identify with music a little little older than than what I sh- like. There's no Just music. Old soul. There's no music starting. I hate that term. Like like girls who listen to like um, Fleetwood Mac. Yeah yeah. Or like a a girl who knows My Girl by the Temptations will claim to be an old soul. <laughs> I hate that term. I hate I hate that term. I've been called that so many times and I fucking hate it. People who they're like old soul in their Instagram bio. It's like shut up, <laughs> shut up. You're listening to Post Malone. Shut your fucking mouth when you're talking to me, okay? Like, don't give me that old soul <laughs> bullshit. Um, hey, have you heard of this band called, uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of them, but it's like
1: Queen? Yeah, they, you know, heard of them? they know three
0: <laughs> Queen songs. They're like, I'm just an old soul. I don't know. I like rock. I just love rock. I love Paradise City. They wear
1: the uh, the classic Led Zeppelin yep. torch of yes. 1979 shirt. They've got that. Even though clearly... Like, you weren't at that tour? They've got, like, the stones. <laughs> you were alive?
0: They've got the stone shirt with the lips. Um, <laughs> God, I, I hate that shit. That's the flaming lips, right? <laughs> yeah, it's the flaming lips. Um, I own one music shirt. It's a Prince Purple Rain shirt. It's the only it's music It's pretty cool one. It's the only music shirt. It. I work out in it a lot. It's, like, one of my... I never wear it around. I just wear it to the gym. I always... I have a weird thing. with Like, I always look really
1: shitty at the gym because... I have a thing with clothes where if I spent like any decent amount of money on it, I refuse to sweat in it. Oh, yeah. I don't really. It's like any music thing. Well, concert shirts are always so expensive that even though I don't wear them, hey, they where, should be retired. They should be retired to, hey, just wear this to the gym, at least get some use out of it. I was like, no, I can't. I spent too much money
0: on that. I can't sweat. In it. Yeah, I don't buy any expensive gym gear um, at so, all. I think I think I if mean, I do, I don't wear it to the gym. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. More more wearing it for athleisure yeah. than I am to the gym. Well, also like I, at the gym, I like really loose hanging clothes. Same too, because I, I got to be able to move all that weight. I mean, <laughs> come on. Uh, but yeah, Vampire Weekend is is music is very identifiable for like eighteen to probably even if you don't know what the hell he's talking about. Yeah, you're just like I still relate. Like, to I understand it. this. Yeah. This is connecting Let's with just get me. Get it. And I don't think there's no bands coming out now that I, I hear doing that.
1: Yeah. That's a good point. I'm trying to think and it's so struggle. Like there's still bands coming out that I like and yeah. new, but I don't feel like you said that that I'm, relation. Yeah. Like one of the ways that I always feel like when you re- relate to something is when you can when you hear a song and you start immediately picturing a music video that you would make that yes. goes along with it, which obviously comes a becomes sort of autobiographical. autobiographic biographical. Yes. And Vampire Weekend, that happens a lot where you can listen to a song and you can picture yourself, whether something that has happened or something Mm -hmm. that you wish had happened in your life. But you can picture, hey, if I had to make a music video for a class project or something with this song, I could do it and think of this, which I feel like is a
0: great reflection on an artist. That's a very good – just how their music is able to pose you into a different world. And there's a lot of these songs that – I have a lot of connections to individual songs where I can go back to where not the first time I was listening to them, but I yeah. know exactly one time That's I was listening cool. to them. Yeah, yeah there, there's, there's probably five or six songs on here that I'm like, I remember specific places. You have a distinct
1: memory of yeah, where you know, when you, you hear it, you immediately and, go back there.
0: Yes, Hannah Hunt on the zoo train tracks, putting up lights, <laughs> really hot day. I was kind of over it. I sat down and just sat in the grass for like twenty minutes. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's my that's how I identified to that song. Um, yeah, but my my closing thought on Vampire Weekend, if I had to sum them up, I would say, I, I would yeah, I, I think I would just say he, uh, a young. I I don't want to say I don't want to be gender specific, but it just sounds better. Just say a young man's a young man's soundtrack is, yeah yeah it's so a young person's but seeing a young man's. would you say soundtrack. it's yours distinctly
1: like if you had one artist that got no, it? Yeah, no right. not, yeah. not me not, not my soundtrack no it was kind of like a subplot
0: yeah kind of a subplot I, I think my overarching soundtrack's probably Kings of Leon if I had a soundtrack in my life I would soundtrack it with Kings of Leon
1: I'm trying to think there's a difference between what you would want and what, what it, it is, is. Yeah, yeah
0: that's true so it, more accurately it's probably like Daughtry <laughs> <laughs> I'm coming home. <laughs> <laughs> what a song! What a hit! What, what? What is your couple word roundup? Um,
1: again, I'm just impressed to how they've managed to keep this indie vibe and label, even though they've become big, but not super, super big, and they've just stayed in this their lane. Even though they've branched out, none of their albums are the same, like we've talked about in depth, but. They've managed to stay in their lane and just kind of be like them. You know, they never really have complaints of what you get a lot, especially when a band gets bigger as they grow and try to explore where people get mad and like, oh, I only like their early stuff. You don't really hear that from people with Vampire Weekend. No one's ever like, oh, they got worse after their first album. Mm -hmm. I only listened to their first album. You don't get that with them, which is really impressive.
0: Remember when LeVar Ball told Kristen Leahy to stay in her lane? (laughs) That was great. (laughs) That man. <laughs> Anytime someone says "stay in your lane," I immediately go to that. <laughs> Stay in your lane, and it just blew up, and it was a big deal. I miss him. Um, no, that's a really good point. This is this is an indie band where indie people don't say "I only listen to the first album." Yeah, yeah, which is a very indie thing to say. Very. Um, or
1: they're too big, like they're too mainstream. Yeah,
0: like, no one says that either. No. So that was Vampire Weekend. What do you What do you want to volley up there for next week?
1: Ooh, that's tough um would you since we no i feel like the black keys are just kind of like the same sound a little bit no not i know but i'm saying like It'll to go, go in harder. depth i don't know Where, do you have any ideas
0: um can you do KOL? can you do kings of leon i can do kings of leon see kings of leon next week i'll just okay. make up all the decisions on these podcasts <laughs> i'm yeah. sorry
1: i have like too many ideas um yeah, so many different artists.
0: I can do a little KOL next week. I can do a lot of KOL actually. I can talk a lot about casually on okay. night. It might be a 3 hour podcast. Okay, I'll come ready. <laughs> we my my roommate, we did one on YouTube and he he was a big YouTube fan. I just, could do YouTube. I yeah. let I let him rip for about 2 hours <laughs> on YouTube. <laughs> and he posted a bunch of YouTube forums and it kind of like got like pretty big in the YouTube community. Like people <laughs> were listening to it. It was it was funny. But yeah, so next week.
1: Yeah, we got to put this on the Vampire Weekend Reddit.
0: Yeah, we do actually. It's a good spot to put it. Next week, Kings of Wait, Leon. Quickly, before we no. sign off,
1: I'm going to keep going on this podcast because I don't care. <laughs> we have to talk about, I don't know if you've heard, there's a there's a Super Bowl that's happening. And I just had an idea.
0: Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Because we're going to hear all about, right, all these storylines, retired storylines. Then we're also going to hear about you know some of the people that we actually like to listen to who differ a little bit. And they're going to give you sarcastically, which I love this segment, but they've already done it. So I don't want to take it, of... What are all the storylines everyone's going to talk about? Let's get them all out now, you know, kind of thing, mm. of like blah, blah, blah. So I'm going to challenge you, and what? you can challenge L- me in L- return.
0: Should we do this now, or should we play this Saturday with Danny?
1: Okay, we can play it. We'll, get, we'll tease it. Okay. Basically, what we're going to do is if you've ever played Taboo, right, you get a word, and you have to help explain it to the uh, your teammates without using five words that are underneath it. Mm-hmm. So we're going to do that, but with Super Bowl terms. So, yes. for example, it would be like you'll get Jimmy G – And you have to explain to us without using hot, without using doesn't throw, without using um, chin. No, yeah, without using chin, without using porn star, star, without using Tom Brady. uh, Brady trade or say what's the one I'm thinking? Oh, um, Oh, unproven in big games. And you can't say like you can't say
0: Niners QB. (laughs) Yeah, so (laughs) we're gonna do that. Oh shit! If you would have said porn star, I would have got it.
1: (laughs) But yeah, initial thoughts: the Chiefs are gonna win. Take that to the bank. I'm all in on. I don't know why this Niners team is just really boring to me. I know everyone's all excited about Kyle Shanahan's play scheming and all the different things he does. This team doesn't excite me at all. I really hope the Chiefs win.
0: I've watched like five minutes of Niners football all year. I think. Yeah. (laughs) Shout
1: out to my friend Christian, who's a huge Niners fan. I'll be happy if they win, but I don't want them to win.
0: I'll retweet that tweet as soon as they lose the Super Bowl.
1: Also, quickly, quick story. I was in uh, L.A. this weekend, Mm -hmm. coming back, in the parking uh, place of the the garage at the airport drive up to the parking attendant and you ever meet those people kind of in these exchanges usually money exchanges like a cashier or something where they're just like super super happy and super super joyful in life
0: yeah
1: yeah. this guy was just feeling it like i come back he's like how's your day going i'm like oh you know it's all right i I had a good weekend but now i have to go straight to work he's Mm -hmm. like hey you know what you're going to be happy when you get that paycheck though when you're (laughs) cashing that paycheck that's going to be a good feeling and I was like in my back of my head like, I don't know, sometimes it's still not as fun, but whatever. Okay, I like your energy, going with it. And then at the end, I ended it with, you know, this guy's bringing all this good energy. I'm going to give some back. Gave him a, you know, like, have a great day. And he goes, it's already been ordered. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought that like really stuck with me. I was That's like, some next level I've never shit. heard that before. It's already been ordered. <laughs> that
0: was really good. Yeah, I know. I know that. Person, I've never heard
1: that phrase before.
0: I know exactly like the person. I'm gonna
1: start using it when people tell me, "Have a good day." The person or, already in a
0: low-level job in a great mood and makes you feel like shit because you complain. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So
1: take that phrase with you. Spread, spread the positivity. Spread that vibe.